0: Episode 76 of the Rollin' Ramblin' Podcast. This is an interesting one. Because I really wanted to sort of continue on with the thought process of yesterday's podcast, which was right after WrestleMania. It kind of ended up being like right early in this morning. I, as midnight was happening, it was getting published. And it's sort of proof that I barely... And I mean barely kept my own promise about, you know, uh, being accountable to myself and doing that whole thing. But I keep looking at all the stuff that I've done because basically what I'm trying to do at this point is I'm trying to change the belief in myself. So I can go on and grow and do different things. Sort of the idea behind the way I look at goal setting nowadays is. Yes, it's important to, you know, visualize and. And see yourself in certain situations, put yourself in in state, as Tony Robbins says. One of the things that I've talked a lot about i think either in my personal life or when people are asking me questions about things is the fact that i don't really think you should reach for something massive and massive is is relative but i don't think you should necessarily reach for something super duper huge Number one, I think every time you have a goal, you need to have a plan and actually break it down on how to get to that plan and do the best that you can to get there and then take as many ideas and inspiration along the way to get it done. But the reason why I don't think you should really work that hard at something that is way out of your reach is because it breaks down to the fact that it's hard for it to become believable. Like for instance I mean money is a great example. Money is an, a great example. Uh, for for lots of years I've I've always had this goal of wanting to make 10,000 dollars a month. And just have always it's something that I've always wanted to do. I think a lot of it is because John Moreau, that's kind of where his income level was uh, when I was talking about that article of his uh an un, uh unstoppable.me uh, and his life lessons article seven things you can learn from a guy that can only move his face. You know, 30 days after he started his own consulting firm, he was making $10,000 a month. Moved down to Mexico and was able to pay for $120,000 a year in care for $18,000 because he has uh, spinal muscular atrophy. But to, t- to some degree, to $10,000 a month, uh, like the $8,333, the, the $8,400, that kind of thing, the hundred to $120,000 has kind of always been... Where I wanted to get to because it was something that for some reason I always felt like that was going to be where I felt like I made it. And it wasn't just because I could feel that number for myself and say, hey, I made it. It was, I think at that level, I could comfortably buy a house, a couple of hot rods, give my parents... Um, a little bit of help here and there, help the sisters and nieces and, and, you know, step-nephews out and all those kinds of things. Like, I always thought that that was the way, and, you know, charitable contributions and all of the things that I want to do and that I have this vision for myself. I always thought that that was a place where I wanted to go. And I think with, like, tax return and, you know, a few different things, uh, and a couple of different paychecks because it was a three paycheck month, and maybe some commission checks for some old job. I think the most I've ever brought home in a month was sixty eight hundred, right? And you can't rely on that because it's not earned income. That's you know tax return and and different things. Along the way, a lot of things sort of fell into place at that point i might have been uh, I might have been close to that with you know forty five hundred five grand a couple of times when combined with consulting gigs on top of the job that I had on top of something else right you know I don't even think it's even been that high. I think the only one time I remember the sixty eight hundred was all encompassing with this giant tax return and uh a couple other things so suffice to say. I have never been able to make that $10,000 a month income. So I set that as a hard and fast goal. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to do everything the books tell me to do. I'm going to make the $10,000 a month. I didn't even come close. Like, I didn't even. I don't. I think I actually made less that month than I did the month before. Like, so if I was making. $1,500 $1,500 even if I had made $2,000 dollars i would be like at least I made progress upwards but I made less because I had such a hyper focus on this big giant um a book I, I had heard of a long time ago I sort of coined the phrase BHAG big hairy audacious goal and I had such a like a BHAG of a goal Um, that that I think it was just all-encompassing and I couldn't figure out a way to even make it possible. So therefore, I actually, like, sort of... For all intents and purposes, I failed in other parts of my life, so I actually made less dough. And the part that I find interesting about that is it really made me rethink the whole goal-setting process to really what I've morphed into the idea of what I'm trying to do with goal-setting now is is simply, okay, what's a reasonable stretch? And for me, money's always been interesting because money just instantly for me because of the way I'm built goes from, okay, if I want to make X amount of dollars, I have to make I have to increase my, my hourly income by this much and work this many hours because that's all I can seem to wrap my head around. I'm a trade hours for dollars kind of guy. I always have, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then it becomes moving yourself up to that realm. I've never been a guy that that has really been great at being an entrepreneur. I've done that before, and I've done different things. I've done some network marketing, and I just I don't have the chops for it. I don't think I like it as much as I'd like to like it. Um, I don't know the level of success that makes me feel like I'm doing well enough. And I think ultimately it can be disheartening. So the reason I, I come with the level of stretching a goal to a little bit further than you think you can. Uh, so I'll take it to possibly weight loss even though this can be a sensitive topic for some. If you want to lose 50 pounds, I think the easiest way I would go after it is to set that out for a year goal and try and lose four pounds a month, so one pound a week, and keep track of that. Right, And if you want to stretch it out, you lose six pounds in one week, then in my opinion, you only have two pounds to lose the next week. Those types of things. But if you lose six pounds for three weeks in a row the first time and you can keep that off, then you're, you've are only got 32 pounds to go and you're less than one month into the project. Those types of things, right? So it's not necessarily about this big goal. If I would have been able to go to myself and say, I want to make $10,000 a month, currently I make, Let's let's just use an arbitrary number and say, I make, uh, 2,500, right? Well, if I had said for the next six months, I want to increase my income by a hundred dollars a month over the previous month. Right. So then by all intents and purposes, if I had done that, I would then make $3,100 at the end of that six months. A month right so I'm not really that much closer to my $10,000 but at least I'm there closer so if I if I kept using the hundred dollars a month in order for me to get to my goal it would take me five years right and that's harder to chew on because it seems so far away so what can you do to accelerate income then you can go back to school you can learn your skills you can look at a different Uh, segment, you can try and do a side hustle, you can try and write a book, you can do all these different things. And I think that's important too, but what that whole process gave me was this ability to look at how do you really stretch a goal, right? So I always think not only do you break a goal down to make it more achievable, but you know, if if you want to lose like if you would be comfortable with losing 30 pounds but you know 40 would be better and 50 would be great set the goal at 50 and then break it down from there if the if if somehow hypothetically the difference between 50 pounds and 30 pounds was astronomical as far as effort for you then you wouldn't do it at all because i think the 50 pounds just seems too much of a of a crazy hurdle from the 30 does that make sense? Because over time, I've lost and I've gained and lost ten pounds over months, and three months, and four months, and twenty pounds here and there. So I can, from a physiological standpoint, I can believe that I can lose that weight again, and I believe I can lose a little bit more than that. I think the most I've ever dropped, you know, over an extended period of time, was around twenty to thirty pounds. Hard to weigh myself, right? And you grow muscle, so you're you're it's different and size and arm size and all that stuff but but if there was a if there was a big enough shift and then i could say well i want to lose 5 more pounds than that that's believable just like if i could go from the hypothetical 2500 a month to 6000 in like a year or 18 months then for me to go to 8 or 9000 may not be unrealistic but for me to go right from 2500 And then, you know, $100 a month increase over time for six months. And then, you know, the full year after that, I'm still so far away from that goal. You you burn out from it. And it took me a long time to realize the biggest thing that I did wrong with that was... I only wanted the money for what it would buy me and what I think I needed. It goes back to Tim Ferriss' book, The Four Hour Workweek, when he talks about you don't want to make a million dollars; you want you want the lifestyle that you believe only millions can buy. And man, is that relevant in this conversation? Because I don't, I don't care if it's a million dollars or two million dollars or three million dollars. What I want is the ability to pay my bills plus the ability to have a hot rod and a place to live and help my family and friends out and donate to charity. Plus a little bit extra for security. Those are things that I want. Nothing in that scenario actually states that I have to be a millionaire to achieve any of those things. I have to have a certain level of income per month in order to achieve those things, but it's a lot different than the ten thousand, hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, ten thousand a month, which is one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year income. I can do most of that stuff on fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. And the reason I go all convoluted with with the way I'm talking about this type of thing is because I had a bit of an aha moment today. I was talking to somebody else about... I was talking to a friend about her goals with life. And the reason why I can so easily define my goal is because I want to own a piece of property. I want out of the apartment that I'm in. Again, not to look a gift horse in the mouth and I'm I'm blessed. I am very, very blessed to live in subsidized housing and have a place that's accessible and be able to live here for 14 years and all that stuff. But I want something of my own. I want to own something. I want to have... Like a the flag in the ground kind of idea. And so now that I know that for sure and I feel it in my bones and it's something that I've always wanted for a long time and I just knew it was something that, that I've always wanted. But recently it's actually become something that I think is realistic in the next 18 to 24 months, 36 months, like so, the next year and a half to three years. It's something that I think I can do. And the reason that's the case is because I started taking small steps and working with an employment counselor, and I'm sort of working with all these people. And now, if I can get a, a a higher paying job and I have a bit more skills to to go and do these certain things, I can I can make more money than I can save some money, and then I can I can do the whole five percent down and buy the house. And I've mapped it all out. I looked at. Basic mortgage rates based on everything now, housing prices, I have a budget. I can start somewhere and so now all of my all of my actions basically map to that ultimate goal, that mission statement to a degree, and when I was helping my friend define her situation and I said, well, what's your ultimate goal? And, and she told me, and I said, so based on that, every choice that you have to make around work or lifestyle balance or wherever you're living or whatever you're doing needs to map with that as a possibility, like not as just as a possibility, but that, that, that that's your end goal. And so it's kind of like the North star kind of idea. And the reason I go through all this sort of convoluted explanation of that process is because for a long time I always thought I was a fraud with goal setting and I was sort of regurgitating everybody's ability or everybody's sort of information on how to set a goal or how to be motivated or how to do X, right? And I'm always going to take people's new ideas because I think some of them are great and I'm going to apply them and try them and what works for me, I'll share that out. But one thing that's always going to be relevant in my life for the person that I am is I'm always going to be tardy. I'm always going to be somebody that has more hurdles and more difficulties than other people do based on my disability. And there are going to be people in the same situation that are going to have more difficulties than I will. Right. I'm I'm always going to identify to a degree with the things that I struggle with now. It's just the way that it is. And owning that and being confident in that and knowing that and knowing myself and knowing what direction I need to go, that helps more than anything about goal setting. Once I realize that I'm I'm this is my spaceship, this is my my um this is my vessel. Of life this is everything these are all my deck of cards this is my race card this is my fighter jet cockpit whatever analogy you want to use this is who i am as a person you know this is my exoskeleton robot body like my buddy carl likes to talk about these are the this is this is the hand i've been dealt so within that hand i'm making the best way possible sometimes i can bluff the table Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I'm going to lose more hands. Probably going to be, um, might not ever be chip leader at any point in my life, if you want to use a poker analogy. But what I realized out of all of this is that the number one thing about goal setting that people always forget, and I didn't know this, can't, actually, can't even say that people forget it because I didn't even know until I realized it. Is you actually have to know yourself. And not just knowing yourself to be like, oh, no, I'm a piece of crap, so I'm going to give up on everything like I was a couple months ago. That's not the way to do it either. Is understanding that because of how fired up I get about certain things that last about a couple weeks or a month and then I, I lose steam. And I, I know that I'm going to have bad days. Like I mentioned a couple of nights ago on the podcast that, you know, whatever, 260 days out of the 365, I was going to be successful. And so for two-thirds of my week, two-thirds of my days out of the month, out of the year, I'm, I'm going to be okay, and the rest of them are kind of going to go to shit. So knowing that, allows myself to work within those parameters. And then I don't have to beat myself up because I already have given myself permission to have those bad days. And I don't want to use them as an excuse because if I don't have those many bad days, maybe I only have 85 bad days instead of 105 or something. Or I have 74 bad days or whatever. I'm not going to keep track that to that granular level, but you get my point. I now know myself so well, and it's a continu- evol- continuous evolution and tracking of myself and all those types of things, that it makes me better equipped to understand where I need to focus my energy. And that's the biggest thing about About a lot of this achieving anything in life forget the fact that we call it goal setting forget any of that you just want something you 100% have to know that you want that and why you want that to the point where nobody can tell you that you shouldn't have that because that's stupid like you have to be that confident within it and then you have to know yourself and you have to know your skill set and you have to know how you learn and how you do different things and how you interact with people. And, you know, for financial goals, it then becomes, oh, if you want a house, you have to figure out how to make that income and then be able to cover all the costs and do all that stuff. Weight loss, you have to understand, like, what's your motivation? Are you a person that's going to get up and get at it early in the morning and get it done and get it out of the way? Or do you have to figure out a way to motivate yourself when you get off of work to go run in the dark? you know, pre-pandemic um, and post-pandemic, if you're if you're wanting to find that ideal partner uh, and you've been on dating apps and dating apps haven't worked, are you going to keep trying dating apps and just hope you find the right person? No, you need to try something else. Maybe you try a dating service or, or a matchmaker service or you just go and join um, some sort of group of, of like-minded individuals. Maybe you'll find somebody there, but you have to try different things and you have to know not only yourself, but you have to know what's worked and what doesn't work and give it an honest evaluation. An honest evaluation means not, not beating yourself up for not having those skills and not giving yourself an out like you're never going to improve on them. Like the fact that I said I'm always going to be late and I'm always going to be tardy it's because I'm not really giving myself a lot of space to believe that 100% of the time, I'm going to be an on-time person if I choose to. Now, do I think if I really put some solid effort in, I can go from like that C-plus average, 65% of the time I'm on time or a little bit early, and I can push that up to 80 or 90% of my days? Absolutely. But to, to give myself this perfectionism goal and say... A hundred percent of the time I'm going to be on time. I'm never going to be late. I'm never going to have any trouble. That's just not realistic. So it's understanding that balance of who you are and what you want to achieve and knowing what type of learner and person and thought process you go through and improving on those as you improve on the things that you want. And I'll say this in closing even though it doesn't necessarily directly correlate to what I've been talking about over the last 23 minutes. I don't actually know if anything is going to make sense when I publish this, but I'm straight publishing it. I'm not listening to it again. I'm not going to try and rerecord because I feel like this is very raw thought, and I need to remember this because when I develop my – if I ever end up develop, developing this free goal-setting course I've been thinking about because I'm not going to charge for it. Because everything you can get is on all of my blog posts or or this podcast or YouTube videos. At some point, I've talked about a lot of this stuff. But I'll say this in closing. I talked a little bit about Chris Jericho last night. Chris Jericho, from for those that don't know, is a WWE wrestler. He's from Winnipeg. Uh, he... Uh, was WWF champion for a long time, intercontinental champion, tag champ, all that kind of stuff. Very, very accomplished WWE pro wrestler. And, you know, we all know outcomes are predetermined, storylines predetermined, all that kind of stuff. But he talked a lot about writing and creating and teaching the young kids a lot about the industry and, you know, all the, all the, terminology and all the moves and everything that everybody knows about if they're any type of wrestling fan but he said something interesting last night and I'm I've been telling a lot of people because I want to remember that he talks about this is there was a gimmick that he used a while back and it was Jericho's list and he said when anybody like sort of pissed him off he was like you know what you just made the list and then everybody would pop everybody would go nuts and then he talked about the fact that he had one of those pens that click right like like it just would it would and you knew and he said you know what you just made the list and then he would click the pen and write somebody on the list but but he would hold and he would wait and he would just pause with silence and then all of a sudden he would click the pen and people would go nuts and Vince McMahon, who was run the whole show of WWE forever, had said most people, and he was calling people stupid idiots at the time, Jericho's character was, and Vince said that most people couldn't pull it off, but you could. And Chris Jericho had said, if you do anything with confidence, they can't stop you. That's a profound statement that I've been sort of letting ruminate in my head. Not arrogance. Not this delusional believability that I'm going to have whatever I want because I sit on a couch and dream it. But this confidence that I'm going to get this goal that I've set for myself. And part of that confidence comes from being able to break that goal down, being able to understand my strengths and weaknesses, being able to do that SWOT analysis, that strengths weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. That's what makes the difference. And I'm going to listen to my own podcast over and over again because I think there's some gems in here. And I might actually, you know, revisit these topics a couple more times uh, because I'm going to listen to this, what's going on to be twenty six and a half and a half minutes, 27 by the time I close this thing out. I feel like this possibly could be my best podcast episode individually i mean i have guests and those are people are awesome because they engage me and they make me think about different things and i have to respond in a certain way and i have to articulate certain things but in terms of me just going off on thought this is one for the record books and this has been episode 76 of the Rollin' and Ramblin' podcast with Steve Bertrand. And we'll catch you tomorrow. And thank you so much for all your support. Uh, And sometimes I feel hyped today. I overworked myself and exercised, and then I had Aikido through Zoom, and so I'm a little bit bagged. So excuse the fact that I'm not super pumped, like I am sometimes. I try and fake it, but I can't always fake it till I make it. So again, episode 76. Uh, the Rollin' and Ramblin' Podcast with your boy, Steve Bertrand. Don't forget to check me out at uh, podpage.com forward slash rollin' hyphen and hyphen rambling and the buff. See, I can't even say it. I'm not even going to worry about the hyphens this time. It's just pod page, podpage.com forward slash rolling and rambling one. Check me out on all the platforms. Share this bad boy out with all your friends. If you like it, make it, leave some leave leave a comment in Apple, or email me at steve at stevenstebertrand.ca, or leave me a message on PodPage and see if so I can see if that actually works, or just phone me or text me or find me on social media. Our motivation on Twitter, Rolling Motivation on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all over the place. You know, just let me know what you think. I've really enjoyed recording this episode and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Peace.